Welcome to The Baseball Show. Chicago's only interactive nightly show focused on Major League Baseball. Baseball. And for the first time in 12 years, the Cubs and Sox are both in the postseason. On radio, on app, on podcast. Listen to the show your way on ESPN 1000 or the new ESPN Chicago app. Presented by Goose Island Beer Company and sponsored by the Points Bet Sportsbook. The, the baseball, baseball Show. On Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. This is how I look at this hour. We will address the Chicago White Sox. They lose today in game two against the Athletics, 5-3. to three. That series is now tied 1-1. Black and Abdallah, the baseball show with you here on ESPN 1000. Your phone calls at 312-332-3776. But I feel as if we have to lead with the Cubs because they lose to the Marlins today as well, 5-1 to one in Game 1. And I feel like there are more dire straits when you look at the Cubs situation than the Sox situation. I feel better about the Sox right now than I do the Cubs, even though they're both facing the same reality tomorrow. If you lose a baseball game tomorrow, you go home for both the Northsiders and the Southsiders. The Sox are on the road. The Cubs are at home. The Cubs have their ace on the mound, and the Sox don't know who they're throwing at this moment. They know. So, to me, I feel as if the Sox situation is a little bit more comfortable, even though we don't know who the starter is, than the Cubs, because this Cubs lineup continues to show us they cannot hit and score runs in tough situations. Once again... One run, four hits today for the Chicago Cubs. Yeah, you said it. Uh, you know, they it, it, you went over five with runners in scoring position. You left seven on base. I mean, we talked about it last week, Chris. There's two possible elimination games tomorrow. One for the White Sox, one for the Cubs. If you had to put your money on one team that would rebound from the losses today, it would most likely be the White Sox, even with questionable starting. Because you saw at the end of that game they started to rally. Much like you saw there at the end of the life. season. There yeah. was some life there. Yes, Much I like agree. Bases the, loaded yeah, at the end. Abreu had a chance. I liked what I saw. Three. Yeah, so I mean, but yeah. you know, like at the end of the season when you saw life out of them, when they put up eight runs on the Cubs and didn't just pack it in and say, well, the playoffs start, so whatever. I think that it's more likely that the White Sox will be able to rebound and get a win, but if you're the Cubs, there's nobody you'd want on the mound more than you, Darvish. He's been your best pitcher this season. He's been your best pitcher going back to the middle of the last season, but this is on the offense once again. This is on the offense, and I think this is on David Ross for keeping Kyle Hendricks in a batter too late. You know, and we talked about it yesterday with Lucas Giolito and how you can make that decision because you had a four-run lead. In the Cubs situation, you probably should have pulled Hendricks a little bit earlier. I wouldn't have even been upset if he didn't come out for that inning and just been like, okay, you gave us six strong. That's fine. Great job. Now we'll go to, uh, now we'll trust the bullpen. And I know you haven't been able to trust the bullpen very much this season, but this is the playoffs and that's what they're there for. You know? We, we open each baseball show with our first pitch. The first pitch. Play ball. Throwing out the first pitch, and I have to say, this was rather impressive. On the baseball show. Right. There's your first pitch, and then some. On ESPN 1000. So tonight's first pitch, and Abdallah, you led me into this, because if you look at this Cubs loss 5-1 to one to the Marlins today in Game 1 of the NL wildcard round, do you blame more 
David Ross and his management of Hendricks in the bullpen blowing this lead, the one-run lead? Or is it this offense giving you four hits, the the one run? And if you look up and down the lineup, I mean, you have one for 12 from Rizzo, Bryant, and Baez. Mm. Rizzo, 0 for 4 with one strikeout. Bryant, 0 for 4, two strikeouts. Javi Baez, he had one hit. He had one strikeout. One for four. Wilson Contreras, one for three. Kyle Schwarber, he walked twice. He only had one official at bat. He was 0 for 1 in that at bat. And and so when you look at the core of this lineup, once again giving you absolutely nothing. Ian Happ gives you a home run. He also had two hits. He's been fantastic all season. He continues that today. Ian Happ was very good. Shout out to Ian Happ. But outside of that, you have absolutely nothing from your lineup. I blame more the lineup than the decision-making made by David Ross today and what he uh, did leaving in Cal Hendricks too long, giving up the Dickerson home run. Well, I think it's both because you can you can blame both. You can blame the offense for not taking advantage of situations and making putting David Ross into a bind and what he should do with Kyle Hendricks with a shaky bullpen that's been shaky all season. You know, an offense that hasn't been able to produce all season. They're in in the lower third of a lot of categories in base of offensive categories in baseball. And I think that you by not being able to score by only putting up one run, you made that decision tougher for David Ross, normally in a situation, you know, you've put a couple runs up. You've got Kyle Hendricks going. You go, okay, go seven, go eight innings. He's gone nine innings this season. So I think that it's both. Both can be true. You can blame the offense. You can also say David Ross managed with his heart and not with his head today. And is it fair to kind of look at this situation if you're a Chicago baseball fan, no matter what side of town you're on that, it it feels to me like this is a, I get it, they're both facing elimination tomorrow. But at the moment, I feel like there's more angst towards the Cubs oh, yeah. than the White Sox. Yeah. I think that's more also because are we falling into the, the trap of, well, this well, was a year early. It might have been because early. we saw them play well yesterday, too. Yeah, but is it the, well, this is a year early and that's okay because we'll get them next year type of thing with the White Sox fans that we've talked about before as well? 312-332-3776. Let's go to Steven in Columbus listening on the ESPN Chicago app. What's up, Steven? Hey. Hi guys, how you doing? Good. We're good, man. What do you think about the Cubs? Um, I think the party's long over, and um, you know we've seen this uh, offense struggle for so many years now. And uh, you know we've we've changed batting coaches every single year with no results. And I'm expecting maybe Harvey to get a uh, you know can whenever the season is over, but. I just think that the baseball IQ of the hitters has been so low, and that really bothered me because either none of them accept coaching or maybe this is who they are. The the ceiling, they've already hit the ceiling, and there's no more room for improvement. And the other thing that I wanted to say was I do agree with what Mark said last hour. I think Theo's going to leave. I wouldn't be shocked if he – already pinning its exit strategy or resignation letter as we speak. But also, Ross himself, I think the way he managed the game today, he's too emotionally attached to the guys that he played and won this year. Uh, I'm sorry, 2016. The way he has managed pretty much all year long with the Kimbrough and then the handling of Hendricks. 
Yeah, absolutely, we- Stephen. And, and the point there, and thanks for the call, um, I kind of agree with you because listening to David Ross in the postgame, you listen, he went with feel instead of looking at the raw numbers and analytics of what Kyle Hendricks was doing. We knew in the uh, sixth inning. So, okay, on the broadcast in the sixth inning, they were talking about Kyle Hendricks, how throughout the season he had how many games were he only through. Uh, he didn't even have more than two walks. And they were talking in the sixth inning about how, well, today he has three walks, mm-hmm. right? Eh, he doesn't quite look his normal self. He's in the six. He also has a jam where he has uh, second and first uh, with two outs. Uh, Joyce at the plate, fly out to center field as a third out. So the Marlins don't score there. He gets out of the six. So entering into the seventh and in the six, that he is now starting to see some of these guys third time through the lineup. And we get to the seventh. And that's where you start to see his velocity is down. He's over 100 pitches. And that's where things start to pile in. And David Ross said after the game that he said he looked good against Dickerson. And that's why he left him out there. Because earlier in the contest, he looked good against Dickerson. Even though all of the little clues about a starting pitcher starting to lose it were starting to appear with Hendricks. And I get it. Hendricks has been there. He's been good for the Cubs in the past in playoff games. But all of the clues... The velocity, he was getting hit hard. The two uh, base hits before the Dickerson home run, Mm -hmm. they were smashed. The exit velo on those were were the two of the highest in the day. So, I mean, clearly the Marlins were starting as it was entering in. And Dickerson, it was the fourth time Dickerson saw Hendricks. And the analytics would point to get your pitcher out of there, especially with all these clues. And what did Ross say? He thought he looked good. He thought he was looking good against him today, which meant... He was going with gut. He was going with feel. Thus, he may be going with what Steven was saying because he's close to these guys. He knows Hendricks can get it done. Why bother with these silly analytics? Listen, what uh, what do we say when we're out and we're golfing and we finish the first nine? What do we say? New nine. New nine. New nine, baby. Every time that lineup comes well, through again. That's because we're bad. Well, I'm just saying. It applies to baseball. New nine. It's a new nine. You can't let what happened the last nine hitters affect what you do for the next nine hitters because Dickerson is thinking to himself, well, I've already seen this guy a few times, yeah. so maybe I've seen, maybe I've pointed well, something out. He clearly had a beat on exactly. him, right? So to say that, oh, well, he looked good the first couple times, That's you can't do that. That is managing with your heart and not with your head. That's saying, I know the, these guys. And you can do that occasionally, but not in these high leverage situations, not when you're in a, 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 an elimination series, not when you're in the playoffs and you need to win, and now you put your, your team in a must-win situation for tomorrow. David, in Countryside, you're on ESPN 1000. What do you think, David? Um, hey, what's going on, guys? Thanks for taking my call. Well, um, pretty disappointed because, plain and simple, I mean, I get a lot of flack on Twitter because uh, I've taken a lot of heat against uh, being against KB this season. And uh, I'm always being told on Twitter at the Rio Noriega, that's me, that KB is a superstar. KB is a superstar. That word is thrown so loosely out there that I don't understand what people think a superstar is. In my opinion, I don't know about you. A superstar to me is Mookie Betts, is Mike Trout. And after 2016, maybe 2017, I'll give it to Chris Bryant, he has not lived up to what we thought he would be, his potential. He has so talented, don't get me wrong, good player overall, but he has not lived up to what we thought he would be. He got hurt in 2018, Javi Baez carried that team, and then they ran out of gas at the end. 2019, I had a lot of problems for him, didn't do nothing. 
He got hurt again. Didn't help the team again. Here we are in 2020. The last two games of the season against the White Sox, he performs, and I'm getting flacked because Chris Bryant, you see, he's a superstar. I tell people, talk to me when he performs yeah. under pressure when it counts. Playoffs? Today, 0-4, two strikes. Third in the lineup. Hasn't done anything for us. It kind of kills it for us. I mean, a superstar is supposed to put on for his team and carry this team when you need it the most. Kyle Hendricks did fine. I mean, he gave up the three runs. I understand, but at the end of the day, if KB is supposed to be this superstar that everybody claims, um, three runs shouldn't defeat us. Three runs should be a minimum enough for us to overcome and win that game, especially behind this superstar Chris Bryant, which he's not. He's not. He's good. You could say whatever you want, but he hasn't proven it since 2017. So, I mean, it's just disappointing that these guys, so talented that they are, I just think, and I think you can agree, baseball, when it comes to winning, especially these championships, it has to do a lot with talent and luck. Cubs got both in 2016. And since then, since 2018, when they gave away that division to the Brewers, we have just have not been lucky. I think we're just cursed, unfortunately. I think what oh, happened is come on, in- David. You're not cursed. Nah, I, You're not I, I cursed. What, what it was is that we won in 2016, and for winning that year, we just are not going to do anything else after that. Who knows how for how long? It could be, who knows? I'm just, baseball's a lot of luck, and you know that. Would the greatest curse be tasting victory and never to taste it again? What? Wouldn't it, that be the great yeah, curse? It might be to, to giveth and then to taketh away. Yeah. Is that possible? Uh, yeah, you know, here's the thing. Um, I agree. And I with with what David's saying about people coming at him about Chris Bryan, all we're saying is we want him to produce like he used to. That's why last week... You said that I was maybe going a little too hard at Chris Bryan over his little comments there. The No, the, that's the, not what I said. I don't blah, blah, blah. That's not what I said. I don't give I'm a blank. I'm just saying, I just want to see him po- perform. I don't give a poopy. I just want to see him perform. All I was saying to perform you is that, is that uh, you, you clutched your pearls. I didn't clutch uh, anything. A, a, I'm as, good. A, as if he he you know said the worst few words in the world. All he did was answer a question. All right. Coming up, uh, we have John, Chuck, Eric, Steven, uh, Will. How about Will's on hold? And Tim. I think Tim got hung up on earlier today on oh, Cap Show. No. Tim will be on our program, though. Uh, all calls welcome. We'll talk to you about both teams, Cubs and White Sox. They both lose today. They both face elimination tomorrow. We'll talk about it right here. This is the Baseball Show with Black and Abdallah. On Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. This is the show about the show. You been in the show, man? This is the baseball show. Yeah, I was in the show. On Chicago's home for sports. Greatest days of my life. ESPN 1000. And the ESPN Chicago app. I think you and I agree. The, the move here for the Sox tomorrow... Did you start Dane Dunning? Yeah. Short leash, though. Everyone's yeah. available. You got to move on to the next oh, round. look. Everyone's available. Crochet is going to be available. Let's go. Let's throw Listen, some heat. I remember a time, Chris, a long time ago. Yeah. Back before Tyler was even probably watching baseball. Yeah. East Coast Media Elite sure. yeah. producing shows. Yankees, here. Red Sox. It's that, all he watches. Yeah. That there was a time when an ace, a hurler, a quick worker, 
came out of the bullpen to get a save in a game. His name was Mark Joseph Burley. I don't know if his middle name's Joseph, but his name was Mark Burley. All hands on deck. Everybody's available. Doesn't matter. You can be half drunk and pitch a game like no, he man. was. He was half drunk pitching that game because he was drinking in the bullpen. That's he, pretty awesome. He wasn't going to be pitching. Let's talk to Eric in Hinsdale. You're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Eric? Nothing much, guys. Actually, just driving by my old Little League field right now um, on the way home. Nice. Go do a little yeah. fungo. Go nice. do a little personal fungo. Your last game to, what did you hit in your last game in Little League there? My last game in Little League, I hit um, a single to left field. It was in our Little World Series game that we had. Nice. Nice. Solid. Um, so Solid. I was pretty excited. And pretty then, I, then I worked my way into college baseball and played, and now I'm done. So Those um, were the days, right? Yeah, man. I miss it. So I'm about five years out of college baseball and playing big league softball nowadays. So. Yeah. Oh, well. At least you you can show the skills off every once in a while to your bros. Well, I mean, I'm okay at softball, so. Um, <laughs> what, what do you think about the White Sox? Go ahead. Yeah, so this year, um, I would have to say they have a good year. I mean, late in games, in the seventh inning on, they've shown that they can pull out runs late in the game, and they've got a good bullpen I'm really happy with. But I'm not content with them just getting out tomorrow and finishing you know, the season on just a bad note of losing to the Oakland A's. I think they should take the mentality of like the win or die trying campaign that the White Sox had in 2005 when, um, oh man, what's that center fielder's name that dove into the wall and uh, caught the baseball? I can't think of his name now. Dwayne Wise? Yeah. Oh, no, for the no, Phillies? No, no. Yeah. Aaron Rowan. He, oh, Aaron, Aaron Rowan. Yeah. 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 He, I remember that. He shattered his face. Yeah. yeah. He was a grinder. Yeah. I, I can't find that video on YouTube. I've been trying to find it for years. So I don't know if you guys know where it's at. Huh. Or, but we'll have um, to look. essentially, what I'm, yeah, what I'm trying to say is that it's win or die trying. I mean, you want these guys to have the most experience um, throughout as many playoff games as possible. You got Robert, you've got um, young guys like Crochet, um, all the different young guys in the lineup like Tim Anderson who hasn't been to a play, you know, playoff yet. But you got the Osmani Rondal, you've got um, Edwin Carnacci, and all these guys that have been there in these big time situations. Now we got to get these other guys in there so they can grow and learn, and it's got to be every guy on deck. It's got to be two innings by pitcher, two innings by another pitcher, whatever it takes to win this game. And Rick Renteria needs to go with his gut and make a good decision and not just try to, you know, keep a guy in there and keep him going, and hopefully he does well. It's If you don't do well, you're out. You know what I mean? you got to throw strikes. you got to hit the strike zone. And um, the guy's got to come up clutch. I think Tim Anderson needs to play really well tomorrow. And Yasmani Grandel needs to show him what he did with the Dodgers. He needs to go up there and lock it in. Um, so I think this is a big opportunity for the Sox, is if they can get to the next round and then push it on and keep going because this is it. I mean, this is our future right now. Yeah, absolutely. Guys. Eric, I appreciate the phone call. What I agree with his premise here. I'm not happy that this team just got into the playoffs. I want them to continue on. I want them to win. Uh, tomorrow is a winner-go-home game. I want them to win that game mm-hmm. advance. It's mm-hmm. not... I'm not going to be happy by sitting here going, oh, yeah, well, they made it. Shortened season. Oh, they're young. I'm not for that. John Valpo, you're on ESPN 1000. Hey, guys. How are you? Good, man. What do you think? Well, so I have a point about the Cubs, and I actually have a question about the Sox. Um, So point with the Cubs, I do believe it's more offense's fault um, because I think if they had scored at least four runs at the point that um, Rossi made the move he did, I don't think we'd be talking necessarily about the move that he made because 
you know, they, they'd be in a better situation at that point. Um, but my, my bigger question is about the Sox. I, I, I was listening to the game. I didn't actually watch it, but I was curious to know why when they finally had a rally going and had two guys on with one out that he decided to pinch hit Zach Collins, a kid who has no playoff experience in the place of Larry Garcia. Is there a reason why? Yeah, yeah, I thought that was weird too, John. Thanks for the phone call. The other thing is, like, Garcia's been terrible. Yeah. Um, He was 0 for 2 today with a strikeout. Uh, Zach Collins in that spot, you're right. Not great. I don't know if I like Garcia in the lineup to begin with. Um, We saw Mazzara come in for Encarnacion uh, later in the game, and he gave you a hit. Um, Encarnacion looked terrible again. Uh, I'm not playing him tomorrow if it's up to me. Right, like he doesn't make your lineup tomorrow for the White Sox, uh, especially in a win or go home game. But I don't know. It, it seemed like the the moves made late allowed for the rally to be there in the end in the ninth, where they had the bases loaded, and they had Mancada up, they had Grandal up, they had Abreu up. Mm-hmm. So they did get the one run to make it five three. With a Jose Abreu coming to the dish, bases loaded, two outs. I mean, isn't that exactly what you want in that situation if you're a Sox fan? So, I mean, I like Mazzara coming in, and I like what we saw. Um, they continued to battle there, but you're right. I'm not quite sure why Collins for Garcia, other than Garcia is not very good. That that would be my response. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I, I like the the fight in this team, and I think that a lot of teams would have packed it up and been like, okay, well, now we've got a game three tomorrow, and we'll try to win that one. But this team keeps battling back against one of the best bullpens, the best bullpen in baseball. So, you know, well, they got and, a couple runs off of them. You know, and Abdallah, that's the other thing, is Hendricks uh, went an inning in two-thirds today. Oh, he's today. done tomorrow. You're not going to uh, see him tomorrow. 49 pitches yeah. today. He is their lights out closer. So yeah. I mean, going into a winner go home game, yep. they used him up today. I mean, I get it. The A's had to win today to advance. Mm-hmm. So like they were in a different spot as far as uh, bullpen management than the Chicago White Sox were, being mm-hmm. up one nothing. But still, now the Sox don't have to worry about Hendricks at the end of a game. So Absolutely. I mean, that's positive. Okay, here's the deal. Southside Tim called Cap and Jay Hood earlier today, and I oh, think no. he was on the line for all of 15 seconds oh, before no. they hung up on him. Not cool. Uh, this was earlier today. So uh, now we go to Southside Tim. Let's see, if, Tim. And now the moment you start calling Cap or Jay Hood names, we're going to have to let you go, okay? So that's, that's the rule. What do you think tonight? Well, number one, I never called anybody a name when they hung up on me. I was just ripping the White Sox the way callers rip Chris Bryant or they rip the Cubs. But when you rip the White Sox in front of Jonathan Hood, he hangs up on you. That's the difference. I mean, you guys let Cub ripping go on for 20 minutes. And if somebody calls up and rips the White Sox, it's typical Jonathan Hood. He hangs up on you. Okay, well, well this show, yeah, rip the, yeah. go who, ahead. Who do you want to rip tonight? Who do you want to rip tonight? Rip the Sox, go for it. Who do you want to rip? Give okay, them a good rip. I don't want to rip anybody. I've got two questions for you yeah. guys. Yeah, yeah. And you guys are smart baseball guys. Yeah. You guys are sound. Unlike who? I, I always pick on you, cause, so you know, because happens. the Sox haven't won anything in 15 yeah. years. Right, right. Okay, and you guys, this, this is a throwaway year anyway, because mm. you're, you're going to win it all next year. I forgot. But you always make excuses. There's always an excuse. But let me ask this guy, that Chris Bryant, the Ripper. In the The past six years, who would you rather have had on your team as a baseball player? Mike Trout 
or Chris Bryant, with all Chris Bryant's problems, with all Chris Bryant's injuries, with all what? Who would you rather have on your team? I'm talking about Mike Trout, no playoff appearances, right, right. or or Chris Bryant, World Series. MVP and Rookie of the Year. Just answer me that, and I got one more question. For no, Mike, my answer, answer is Mike be, Trout. My answer would be Aloy Jimenez. No, no come, that's come on. Okay. It's Mike Trout. Wait, wait, what do you mean? Okay, that, that's Tim, my answer. See, Chris, I'd rather, see, I'd rather, Chris, see, Tim, see, Tim. Yeah. See, Tim, Chris see, is messing you with you. So I'm giving Bernie you a real answer. Rather, the answer is Mike Trout. Frank Thomas. <laughs> you have all the losing seasons. Yeah, yeah. The losing seasons right, wait, have nothing to do question? with Mike Trout, with him being like what's the best the player in baseball. That's what I'm saying. Joe Madden had Mike Trout this year. He yeah. didn't even make the playoffs. David Ross had Chris Bryant, and he wins a division with four teams in the playoffs. You guys don't even comprehend okay. what you're criticizing. What, what's the second thing? What's second, the second, question? Thing? Second, second question. question. Second, second question. question. And I have one more question for you guys. You're taking up Jesse Rogers' time. What's the second question? Okay, the second question is, out of the five teams in the White Sox division yeah. and the five teams uh-huh. in the Cub division since 2015, what team would you guys rather be? Out of all ten teams the last six years, what team do you want to be right now in 2020 with all the problems, all the crap, Louis Robert being Gordon Beckham? What team... <laughs> Out of the last six years, uh, uh, you, okay. uh, all the team, Minnesota, yep. 18 yep. playoff yep. losses, yep. 18, 18 yep. playoff. Yep. Which team yep. would you want to be out of yep. the Tim, I'll answer, no. I'll answer your question no. with the question. Don't answer it. No answer. No, I'm answering it. Answer it. With a question. Okay, answer. Which it's, team would you want team? to be? Which team would you rather be no, on September 30th, 2020? Averaging 90 losses a year in the last seven years. I think what I'd rather be the Sox. Would you rather be the last I'd rather be years? the Sox. I think I'd rather be the White Sox. Yeah. No. He hung up. Hey, he hung up. Tim. He hung up. He hung up. See, he hung up. That's he hung lame. up. Lame. He hung up. Will in Virginia, was that lame? He hung, he hung up, up on us. Well. Yeah, that. Yeah, that was, uh, you know, yeah. it, it's funny. Cause it was Hold on, we'll, 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 we'll get, get you on. We'll yeah. get you on. I just wanted to confirm that that oh, was lame that yeah. he hung up. Bogus, it was right? Lame. Was it bogus? Yeah. Was it bogus? It was, uh, yeah, it was bogus. A bit okay, bogus. Yeah, well, hold bogus. on, Will. Bogus. I, I didn't get a chance oh, to ask yes. him. I had one more question for, for Southside Tim. I was going to ask him. In the playoffs this season, which team has more wins? Hmm. Cubs or Sox? The Astros. The Baseball Show with Black and Abdallah. They did advance today. Yeah. On Chicago's Home for Sports. The Rays, ESPN too. ESPN 1000 about and the ESPN Chicago app. This is The Baseball Show. Catch up on your time. Click the Baseball Show tile for the podcast on the new ESPN Chicago app. The Baseball Show presented by Goose Island Beer Company. On ESPN 1000. Chicago's Home for Sports. Will, Raphael, we'll get your calls here on the baseball show. 312-332-3776. The Marlins win game one, 5-1 to one, over the Chicago Cubs. Kyle Hendricks was good until he got to the 7th, Abdallah, as the Cubs are now down a game here in this wild card round in the National League. That they are. All right, let's go to Jesse Rogers. Covers like that was great. That was fantastic. I mean, really you, good. You could hear I mean, me typing. Well, I mean, we're we're trying to do a radio show. Go, but let, don't and mind I'm me. Responding, and then <laughs> Tyler, no, what do you think? Was no, that good? Ghost was typers that, are back. No, was don't that mind me. Don't you? Don't mind me. All right, uh, Jesse and I will just don't have a conversation me. over here. I'll talk okay? to Jesse. 
No, 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 we don't need you there. Uh, Jesse Rogers <laughs> covers Major League Baseball on ESPN. And you can also see him on ESPN television. I heard you on the national broadcast earlier today, Jesse. You can follow him on Twitter at Jesse Rogers ESPN. Jesse, uh, the Cubs bats are now uh, quiet once again in the playoffs. What do you make of this? Well, it's not shocking. That's for sure. They hit 210 at Wrigley Field all season, right? I thought I'd give them a little bit of a break because I was looking at some of the, the home games. And remember, they played all 10 games against the Cardinals at home. Um, uh, the NL Central has good pitching is what I'm getting at. They played Milwaukee twice at home, you know, where they only went to Milwaukee once. I felt like they faced some good pitching at Wrigley Field, but that's just an excuse. I mean, 210 is 210. Dead last for any home team, uh, for any team at, in their home stadium this season. Uh, and I, yeah, it was nice to see what they did against the White Sox, but I wasn't convinced. I was on with, um, you know, uh, Carmen and Yurko and earlier, and I said, I'm not convinced. They got to prove it to us more than a couple games at the end of a regular season where both teams are in the playoffs. And the one run today, I thought it was divine intervention. I thought they might win one nothing because as that ball went up from Ian Happ to left field, where most balls were getting knocked down, the wind, which was going left to right, died down in that moment. I went to look at the flags. Uh, as the ball was in the air, just to see if it was going to get knocked down, and the flags weren't moving. And then 10 seconds after it landed, the flags picked up again left to right. So I thought, wow, that could be the run that changes it, and that's my storyline. The wind died down in time for the Cubs to win. But, of course, it was uh, all for naught because uh, the Marlins put up that five runs in the seventh. I don't really have an answer. I tweeted out one thing post game, and it's what Anthony Rizzo said about them hunting fastballs. They hunt fastballs, and he's right. This is a fastball-hitting team, which is why this was a decent matchup against Alcantara. He is a fastball-sinker pitcher. With the wind blowing out, at least left to right, sometimes towards center, it was a decent matchup. And tomorrow is a much worse matchup. So I thought they had a shot today because of that. Change-up and curveballs are coming in the next couple days, much more than today. And they are not a curveball change-up hitting team. So when they miss out on hitting fastballs, you know this offense is, offense is in trouble. Was David Ross managing too much with his heart and not with his head today? No, I don't think so. But I do get a chuckle out of the idea that, uh, you know, this was exactly what everyone criticized Joe Madden for, down to the very <laughs> pitch, right? It was all about pulling Absolutely. Kyle Hendricks early. Yeah. It goes to show you it's not an easy science to master when to pull that starter. I mean, if there's anyone you're going to give that extra batter to, it's going to be Kyle Hendricks. Having said that, though, this wasn't exactly the normal Kyle Hendricks. Walked several guys, hit a batter. The leadoff man in the fourth, fifth, and sixth innings were all on base. See, here's the thing. Here's where you can play along with David Ross. Okay, there's one out in the seventh, back-to-back singles. In the seventh, he has Jeremy Jeffress up. That's usually your closer these days. Okay, maybe he's one and one A with Kimbrough, but... The seventh inning for Jeremy Jeffress, what what that told me was he's coming in to get out of a jam. And he was warming up with just the man on first. Then comes the second single, and I'm thinking, okay, this is what Jeremy Jeffress is for. He's basically, I think he's uh, stranded every runner but maybe one this season. He is your Houdini guy. Get you out of a problem. Ross afterwards says, well, uh, Hendricks had one more batter before Jeffress would come in. And that confused me because – there's only one, one or two things that could happen with one more batter. You lose the lead, right? It's first and second. That batter does something where you lose the lead. Right. And now you're bringing Jeffress in in a tie game. No, no, no. Your best pitcher comes in to preserve a lead. 
The only thing that could have happened, obviously, is they advance one base. You know, that, that uh, Dickerson gets on and everyone advances one base. And now you're still bringing them in in a bases loaded situation. So the time to do it was first and second. And David Ross was thinking that way until he wasn't. I think he changed his mind in that moment. And I get it. Look, Hendricks got out of jams every single inning with those leadoff guys on base. But I think you were playing with fire. He rolled the dice. It didn't work. Along with that, Jesse Jeffress, he's not the closer here. And you're using him in the seventh. Uh, what, like, what is the mindset here? Are you going for an eight-out save? I mean, like, so he's going to be your eighth-inning guy here in the playoffs? No, he is not. He is going to be the guy you need uh, at, at the most important time, apparently. Uh, that everything he did today showed me that. I mean, seventh inning warming up in, with with guys on base means you're pitching your best pitcher in that moment. Now, going forward, um, again, you know, I was there on the sideline. The eighth and ninth innings, it is a crapshoot at the plate if, it, it, with the sun the way it is at this time of year with a one o'clock start. It, it's a complete crapshoot. I talked to some people after the game. I mean, there, no wonder the Cubs looked even worse <laughs> at the plate in the ninth day. You can't see anything. So maybe you need to win a seven-inning game. Uh, and maybe that's something that was in Ross's mind. I don't know. But it's obvious that Jeffress isn't just the ninth-inning, clean-inning guy. He's also get-me-out-of-a-jam guy. And that might go towards what Ross thinks about his bullpen. How, you can't, I mean, Jeffress can't do both, right? Yeah, he that's can't true. be the jam mm-hmm. guy and the ninth-inning yeah. two-to-one guy. So it is interesting that that um, they're leaning on him a lot, and maybe Kimbrell would have came in. Now, Kimbrell's probably pretty effective with the shadows and everything with that with, with his rising fastball. But maybe you got to be – that's my prediction. you got to have a lead going into the eighth inning with those shadows. It was that bad. Well, assuming that then, that means Kimbrell's your closer in a high-leverage situation tomorrow, correct? Yes, I think so. Oof. And that's the other thing that was a waste. I mean, you couldn't predict the Dickerson home run. But as soon as you're down 3-1, you don't want Jeremy Jeffress in that game. I heard you guys talking to Sylvie mm-hmm. about that. So should he have had two relievers warm up? I mean, you've got 13 pitchers for a three-game series. Why not be ready with two guys? Again, the only way you bring in the other guy is if Dickerson homers, and he did. And now could you have wasted Jeffress? I don't know. I'm sure he's available tomorrow, but you wasted some pitches, that's for sure. So it wasn't a great inning, but Hendricks not being sharp, really is one storyline of this game you would not have expected. Jesse, you're really good at what you do, and there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes that you have access to. If this lineup once again tomorrow does not show up and they don't hit, what is being said around Wrigley Field with what is going to take place with this team in the future in this lineup? It's really no different than a year ago, to be honest, and it's even more complicated because of the pandemic and the losses that that, that every team has suffered. Um so I, I can't tell you exactly. He would like to change it up. We know that. When I say he, it's Theo. Theo and Jed, they, uh, we, we know that. They want to change things up. But it, it's easier said than done. You can't just um, non-tender four guys and bring four new ones in. You want to try to get something for them. Maybe you have to wait till next July where guys have good first halves or whatever. I mean, who's, who's buying high on any of these guys right now you'd have to ignore the 60 game season which you might do with a couple guys i don't know i mean i can't i can't i haven't talked to other executives around the league but the the idea of selling high with any of these guys seems pretty hard to imagine so um the next thing you could do is is non-tender uh i don't know one or two of them but you're not going to do that you're just going to let them walk i don't have a good answer for you it's 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 unknown it might be another transition year which which is not something anyone wants to see. But after next year, 
then you really have to do something, either sign a couple guys up or they're going to walk or you're going to trade some in July. There are no easy answers, and the pandemic really has complicated things even further. Well, you would think that, you know, he would want to leave the team, and he said this before, in a better place than when he arrived, right? And by doing that, you have one of the worst farm systems in baseball because all of your guys are now up playing with the major league clubs. So that being said, does he try to move some guys this year, like you mentioned, just to get something back into that farm system so they can have sustained success after he leaves and goes on to do whatever Theo decides he wants to do next? Yeah, it's it's a good point. Let's forget the pandemic for a moment. I think he was going to try to rebuild his bullpen this year. I think this year was going to be a transition year, and they – for the 60-game season, played better than they, they even thought, at least early on when they basically won the division. Um, in a normal year, I think he wanted to rebuild the bullpen, and he's kind of done that. The bullpen was better in September than it was in August, and there are some arms down there going into next season. There, it's It looks much better at the end of this year than it did at the la- end of last year. Now he still has to work on the offense, and if it was a normal year, I think Chris Bryant would have been traded in July. And that would have netted you a couple prospects right there. I mean, you really only need one to hit in the pitching staff, right? You need one young starter to go along with Darvish, to go along with Hendricks. Alzale has actually taken a step. But none of these are answering your question about the offense, right? I don't know how that gets fixed. It slowly will improve with Nico Horner getting more time, that kind of a hitter, more contact. Ian Happ taking a step this year will help going into next year. But they need more. They need more. And I think, um, that, that, again, the, the lost year, so to speak, really hurts Theo's plans. So he may not be able to leave the team in the best shape that he wanted to. Maybe you just have to do the best you can because of what what gone on with the shutdown and everything else. What do we need to know for tomorrow? Well, they, the Marlins, are really going to pressure you, Darvish. They are going to you – know, they're playing with house money, so to speak, although you can't just give away a game. But anytime they get on base – they are going to pressure. You saw it today. They ran on Hendricks a little bit. They're absolutely going to push the envelope on Darvish, try to get him off his game, get that extra base. You can absolutely steal on Darvish easier than Hendricks. Now, you have to get on base. That's not easy against Darvish this year. So look for the Marlins to, to, to come out with all that confidence you'd expect after winning today and push the envelope against Darvish. They need him to come up big. The last time he played in an elimination playoff game didn't go so well. But this is a whole different you Darvish than a year ago. And the last thing is Sixto, Sixto uh, Sanchez, again, change-up curveball. The Cubs need to do better than they ever did this regular season against those kind of pitches. He throws many more of them um, than Alcantara today. So that's also something to watch. Thank you, Jesse. We appreciate it. Okay, guys, take care. That's Jesse Rogers from ESPN 1000 and uh, ESPN's MLB gave, coverage. He gave me a good point. No, I know. He didn't give you a good question. I though, felt like, too, he was on the pregame yeah, show on ESPN key. Radio. I feel like he, he started to say that's a, and then he yeah, switched. Yeah. I feel like we've gotten to Jesse. I feel yeah, like I we've it. gotten in his brain. All right, we will take more of your phone calls coming up next. From Wrigley on the North to Guaranteed Rate on the South. This is the Baseball Show on ESPN 1000. Chicago's home for sports. Cubs, Sox, Major League Baseball. This is the Baseball Show with Black and Abdallah. Presented by Goose Island Beer Company. On Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Will's been listening on the ESPN Chicago app. He's in Virginia. He's now on ESPN 1000. What's up, Will? Hey. Mm-hmm. 
Hey, what's up, guys? So, yeah, when I see a game like the Cubs had today, I just think, did they make a deal with a double after winning the World Series? Because easy is not in their DNA. And it's like going back to last July, I was kind of ready for like a mini uh, retool, kind of like the 16 Yankees, you know, last summer, just to see if they can shake it up, cash in on some of the value that these guys have and are kind of losing right now. And, you know, I'm looking forward to the offseason when they tell us that the offense is broken and, and that they're going to fix it. And then they sign Daniel Descalso because there's no money in the banana stand. Well, here's, yeah, no, here's absolutely. Well, the problem with it, Will and Chris, is that you see flashes. Like they were really good the beginning of the season. So that, thirteen that, and three, but exactly, and that. Leads but why was it? Theo, it was the starting pitching, though. I understand, but that's why Jed and Theo look at it and they're like, "Look, these guys can perform. Like it can be done. They're just not." They look at the offensive numbers. They look at twenty sixteen and the the gigantic run differential that they had over the rest of baseball, and they see. They go, "Look, these guys are capable of hitting. We've seen them do it. They just need to do it again." Yeah, that's but, the problem. Thanks for the call, Will. We appreciate it, man. Thanks, man. Have a good night. Let's go to Raphael and Juliet. You're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Raphael? Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. So I'm just, I'm just still pretty shook that him said Mike or Chris Bryant over Mike Trout. That's right? crazy. Well, I mean, watch baseball. Listen, got yep. a pretty cute team there. I mean, it's uh, listen. I don't know. Got yep. a pretty cute. He's got team like a there. 300 WAR every year. He's better than 300 replacement players. Yeah, I get a lot of flack too for just. Like, having Sylvie's point of view, I'm just disappointed that KB hasn't been able to maintain his MVP-like status. But, like, one of the defenses, a lot of people come at me and say, well, KB's just one guy. He can't do it all on his own. I'm like, yeah, fine, but it's not like he went 4-for-4 four four today and no one hit him home. Like, he went 0-for-4. Yeah. I think Kipnis or Rizzo had a quote today was like, the good thing about starting the playoffs is everyone's stats reset, uh, reset to zero. And like, I guess KB really took back the heart because he stayed at Dusig, or he stayed at zeros today. Damn, well, it's hard to reset to zero solid. if I you don't that. like. It, can you reset to zero <laughs> if you don't even have to hit the reset button? Thank you, Raphael. Appreciate the phone call. Let's go to awesome. Alex and Wheeling. You're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Alex? Yeah, guys, I'm a little upset with Theo because when he came in here, he was heralded as like the, the little prodigal son. Of mm-hmm. taking sabermetrics and combining it with the old school stuff of signing the big guys, but also finding a lot of value players. And the last value players we really had were like Dexter Fowler and Ben Zobris. I guess Happy can kind of put in that conversation, but he's really like digressed from his ways because if you look at the analytics, it says like the offense isn't good and you need to make some changes. But now he's kind of going back on the old school thought of he fell in love with his dudes. He doesn't want to make any changes. And as you guys said, like they've done it before and he thinks they'll do it again, but. That's not always the case well, when see, you have three years in a row. Alex, this might be a Ricketts problem, too, because if you look at it, he found that guy. They found Nicholas Castellanos last year, and they just didn't sign him, because, and he wanted to be in Chicago. Yeah, but did Cup fans really want him to be re-signed? Yeah, I, think, I, I would have liked Castellanos to come back. There you, Abdel, go. you got a point there. I, I agree, but I also think the combination of Theo's moves with the analytics, because he's been taking guys saying they show some promise in making these bad contract signings with them, and that kind of leaves him in an even tougher spot, so... I don't know. I mean, like I said, he was supposed to be this great guy. We were talking about possibly, you know, looking at a dude who might have his own theonomics here, but at the end of the day, it's kind of falling apart. <laughs> it'll Thanks be, it'll be Chetonomics after a year. So, Hoyernomics? Hoyernomics sounds better. I, I mean, it, it's just hard to believe this team is facing elimination tomorrow against a Marlins team that. Marlins I mean, have never lost a playoff series. I, yeah, okay, but. That's that's the team that's going to knock What's this more group likely? out. What's more likely? If you had to bet tomorrow's game, which way are you betting? That the Cubs win. Okay, that's what I think too. 
Okay. See Darvish. I think you've got your ace on the mound. You score a couple runs and let him go deep, and then hopefully Kimbrell doesn't screw it up. Game. And then what? Lester shows up on Friday. Is fantastic. Let's get, let's get there first. Okay. All let's right. get there first. Let's get there first. <laughs> Coming up in two minutes, uh, we will talk about the NBA Finals. It begins tonight. You can hear the game here on ESPN 1000. Heat Lakers. We break it down next. The Baseball Show with Black and Abdallah. On Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. And the ESPN Chicago app.